So we are in a series right now on the Ten Commandments. We're spending the summer uh, breaking those Ten Commandments down. And each week we're looking at a new one and saying, what does this really mean? How does this affect us? What do we do with this? How do we understand it? So um, we are actually, in honor of Father's Day, we're going out of order. We're skipping a couple um, commandments and moving ahead to honor your father and mother. It's the fifth commandment. And um, we're doing this a little out of order, but because of that, I want you to see something. I, I think there's something that you need to notice with this. There's something unique about the commandments that I think God did on purpose. I think there's an order to them that we have to notice about these. Maybe you never have before. Maybe you've never sat and contemplated this before. But here's the concept. The first four commandments are vertical in our relationship. They have to do with our relationship with God. So um, the first one, you shall have no other gods before me. The second one, make no idols. Um, The third one, honor God's name. And the fourth one, remember the Sabbath. Those four have to do with our relationship with God. And that's important. We have to structure that and have that set up first before we can do anything else. Now the last five commandments, six through ten, have to deal with our relationship with each other. You know, don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat, those kind of things. That's how we relate to each other. But there's something special about the fifth commandment. So we have the first four with God, the last five with each other. But um, commandment number five is critical for us. It's a pivotal commandment. Parents are the bridge between our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. This is important for us to see and know. So if you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, this is where we're at today. I'd love for you to turn there and follow along. There's several others I'm going to mention. Now, if you have your phones, I'd love for you to get your phones out and use your Bible app. Um, You can go to events and find Crestview uh, on the events, and you can see all of those verses that I'm going to use there today. Um, Exodus 20, verse 12 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first relationship we have with people in our lives. The first relationship we ever make is as, as kids is with our parents, right? The family. The first place we learn to respect authority is in the home. The first understanding we have of love and how love is defined is within our family. The first unit that God created was the family. Before he um, blessed government or ordained government, before he started the church, before any of that, he established the home. I believe the family is a building block to our church. It's the building block to our um, society and nation. And a nation will not survive very long if children stop obeying this commandment. So as we jump into this, I, I think it's important to see that this relationship begins early. It's something that we can start to develop at an early stage as parents to our kids. We can start this. So I want you to watch this video. Um, many of you, if you're on social media at all, you probably saw this video already um, this week. It became very popular this week and blew up and is all over. But this is a video of a comedian. His name is DJ Pryor, and he likes to shoot videos with his kids. And then he, his goal is to teach them, show them someday, and interact, show him interacting with his kids. And um, DJ Pryor was sitting down watching the show, the TV show Empire, and his young son, his baby son, um, came over and crawled up on the couch and sat next to him. And this is the conversation that they had. Watch this. Did you understand it though? No. Okay. All right. Oh, no. Not, not this one. This is the grand finale of this. Yeah, that's the last one. That's what I was wondering. I don't know what they're going to do next season because they did some stuff this time. 
Exactly what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, don't break that again. You know what I'm saying? Don't do the same stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go somewhere else with that, but don't break it here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I said. And he was like, ah, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, what in the world? But don't do that here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really? I thought the same thing. <laughs> we think a lot alike, huh? Oh, that's crazy. Right. Here's the funny part. I watch that and I think, you know, I don't know if it gets any easier. There's times I have conversations with my daughters today and I walk away thinking, I don't know what just happened. I'm not sure I understand what just happened, but I'm going to pretend like I do anyway. Um, and we just keep going sometimes and have to fake it as parents. Here's, here's the first commandment. Honor your father and mother. And it's the first commandment that God gives that comes with a promise. There's actually a promise with this one. He says, if you do this one, uh, good things will happen. It says that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. There's something to this one. If we can hold to this one, if we can make this one part of our lives, if we can honor our parents in this, God says there's going to be a blessing for you. Now, in my understanding and study, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this means the nation will have longevity or the individual will have longevity. But for the most part, I get this, barring any tragedies, um, people who honor their parents are going to make better life decisions. They're going to experience less stress. And they may end up, whether it's a longer life, they probably end up living a more quality life in who they are and, and how God made them. Now, I get it. Some of you can't do this, and you're already struggling this morning. You're already twisting inside of you saying, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to sit here and listen to this because of what your parents did to you. Maybe you grew up in a pretty tough home, and there was abuse. Um, maybe it wasn't abuse. Maybe it was just workaholism, um, and they weren't the best parents, whatever it might be. This might be a tough one for you to hear today, let alone try and follow so I want to say it this way to you. One, God is not asking you to ignore the issues. If you grew up in a tough home um, and it was bad, don't ignore it. He's not asking you to pretend that everything's okay. If it wasn't, don't just pretend that it was and try and move on. He wants you to be authentic, though. I think this is about you and your soul now and what you can do. So I believe with everything that we have, we need to try our best to follow this commandment. And one, for the health of future generations. Maybe it's to break a chain um, to your kids and grandkids, and you have to um, create a new family tree with this. Maybe it's for your own soul. And God's saying, look, you have to understand this. Even if it's hard to follow, how do you live this out? Um, God intended, I believe God intended, for parents to love and provide for and discipline um, and train their children. And I believe that he intended children to love, respect, obey, and honor their parents. And I get this. I know this. Two wrongs don't make a right. So if you had bad parents, there's still a commandment here for you to follow. And we probably need to spend some time talking about the fractured family. And if that's you, we need to spend some time together. But I believe that deserves a cup of coffee. 
um, and a conversation, not a sermon that's preached at you. So let's, let's approach that differently. This commandment, though, is unique. There's something different about this one than all the others. And I believe it's because it hits us differently at different stages in our life. So when we hear the word honor, it means something different to um, somebody who's in elementary school versus high school versus young adult years versus adult years. How does this look for the different stages in our life? So this is what we're going to do. Try and figure out what does this word honor mean in these different stages. So stage number one, this would be the early childhood years. And the word I'm going to attach to this one is the word obey. So if there's any kids in the room, um, you can listen in. But it might be more to parents on this one. Um, The word obey is what I think honor means during this stage. Obedience is not just on the child. Although, yes, children need to obey. I believe this one falls more on the parents. This happens at an early age. We have to, as parents, teach our children to obey. I heard a quote from a kindergarten teacher. It said, the difference is night and day between those that have learned obedience and those that haven't. By the time they're in kindergarten, the effects are evident. Um, This is a one story We don't have very many stories about Jesus when he was a child. We don't know much about Jesus in his childhood years. But there's one story about Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, the story is told about his family when they went to the temple. Um, It was an annual time that they went into Jerusalem to the temple to worship. They usually were in Nazareth during this, but they traveled there. And they got there and they did their stuff, what they needed to, their sacrifices that they made. Um, And then the family unit all left, and probably traveling as a group. And they left Jesus. They didn't notice that he was gone until like the next day, and they realized Jesus is gone. Where's he at? And they went back to the temple, and they found him. There he was in the temple um, teaching even some of the priests. And they were trying to understand. He was learning. They were doing this together. And Jesus was a little shocked even. Didn't you expect me to be in my father's house? What? You were worried? Um, Of course I'm going to be right here. But they said, no, you have to come with us back to Nazareth. We have been given responsibility to raise you. Jesus might be thinking, come on, really, I, I'm supposed to be here. I'm, I'm Jesus. I know better than you. This is where I'm supposed to be. They might have been thinking, well, he is Jesus. Um, <laughs> maybe he's got a point. Maybe we should leave him here. But no, they said, we're your parents. We have been given responsibility. You need to come with us. And look at verse 51, Luke 2, 51. Then he went down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. Even if they weren't correct in this, and maybe it was better for him to stay, he, Jesus, was obedient to his earthly parents and gave us an example to follow. So I want to teach you a few things. I want to give you some um, guidelines on this, some, some things. Maybe you can write these down um, as parents. There's several lists um, this morning, how, how to teach obedience. Now, I want to remind you, I'm not, I'm not preaching this morning because I'm perfect in this, and April and I did the best job um, ever raising our kids. Um, I am preaching a little bit from even the example of my parents. My parents are here this morning. I'm grateful for them um, in this. So I'm preaching from how well of a job they did with me. Um, and the humility, humility is my best um, side as well. They're, they taught me how to be humble. To, I'm teasing. I'm having fun. Of course, they made some mistakes as well as us kids growing up. Um, but they did a great job with us as well then um, from my experience. Failures as well as successes in life and in raising kids. Um, here's number one, how to teach obedience. Set the guidelines early and often. Man, they need this as kids. 
just like a groundskeeper would prepping for a sporting event, they set up um, the, the field of play. They set up the boundaries clearly. Here are, here's out of bounds. Here's where the game is played. Here's what we do. You need to set that up as parents. As parents, we need to be clear about our guidelines. Um, use the Bible as your guidelines. Teach this to your children and let them know early and often what those are. Number two in this, be consistent. It's confusing, I think, to our kids if the rules keep changing. If one day it's relaxed and the next day, you know, it's strict, they don't know what to do or how to follow and they get confused in that. So be consistent with your rules as you move along. Number three, be persistent. This is important, you know, as they're growing up. How many times do we have to tell you to use a fork when you eat? Come on. You know, every meal, do we, persistence is something that we have to keep teaching and trying and working towards. And sometimes you're like, How? I've said this so many times, I'm tired of talking about it. But they need that persistence in their life. Um, number four, remember to offer grace. They're just kids. And there's times where they, they just need some grace in their life. And they need you just to hug them and love on them um, and tell them it's all going to be okay as you're consistent and as you're persistent with that. Colossians 3 verse 21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Don't push so hard on them that they get discouraged being raised as a kid. Um, give them some grace at times and follow through. Um, with that. Parents and children, I think we both need to understand and recognize that we are part of a chain. It's, it's a chain that's leading straight to God. So how we teach our kids to obey us is how they're going to obey their heavenly father as well. And it's, that's important to us. It's bigger than just us being parents to them. It's teaching them how they're going to relate to their heavenly father. Um, and our society might teach you something different. They might poke fun at it um, and be sarcastic about it. Like maybe you've seen the memes, um, be nice to your children. They will pick your nursing home someday, right? Another way to look at it. Or honor your father and mother. They haven't written their wills yet. Um, there's some ways we can go about it that, that can be fun. But we as parents need to understand that they're just children. We have a role to play. And part of our role is teaching them that their heavenly father is so much more important I heard a guy named John Ashcroft once say, he said, the best thing my dad ever taught me was that there are, there are more important things than me in life. And for us to show that it's just not about us or them, that God is so much more important. So season two, let's move on to the second season in life, the adolescent years. I call these the teenage years. So junior high and high school students. Um, the word that, that comes to mind with this is Submit. So if we translate that word honor your father and mother, the word during this stage would be the word submit. Now submit gets a tough, it's, it gets a bad rap. It doesn't always get the good understanding of what that word really means. Um, and we, we look at it as a negative word, but I think it's a positive word. I think it's something that we need to incorporate into our lives with each other in this. And this is a stage when we allow our, our kids to grow. This is a stage we, we want them at times to push back a little bit. Um, this is a, a, the part of life where you learn how to risk things and do things. And so there has to be some give and take during these years. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, um, and I'm reading from the NIV on this one. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 
don't make it so tight that they have no freedom and can't learn on their own. Let's as parents during this stage, let them push back a little. Let them experience some failure and let them grow from that as well. And if we exasperate them and put them in tight situations all the time, they don't have that experience to try. However, um, to students, look at this, Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. I think that's an important one to see. Being submissive or obedient to your parents during these years, it's, it's not just to make your parents happy. It's bigger than that. It says, do this because it pleases God. God is the one who gave us this instruction. We parents didn't come up with it. God said it. So we're trying to follow this as well. So we need you to step in during this time. Deuteronomy chapter 21, there's a um, passage in there that talks about this. And how, I believe it's kind of here maybe to show how important this is to God. How important is this lesson to God to give to us? And here's the background um, to this, or I'm going to read the passage to you. You don't have to turn there, but listen to how important God thinks this is. He says, if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and his mother and will not listen to them when they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. And they shall say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and he will not obey us. He is immoral and a drunkard. And then all the men of the town shall stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel shall hear of it and be afraid. Now, granted, all right, understand, in the history of mankind, there is no record of this ever happening. But I'm pretty sure it was threatened a time or two. All right, I'm pretty sure that parents used this and said, hey, look what we can do. But it never really happened to me. It's saying God says, this is so important. You've got to follow this rule. So I want to I want to kind of um, speak towards teenagers and young adults in the room today. Um, if you're past this stage, you can listen in. But to those of you who are in this junior high, high school range, um, first of all, number one, your parents are smarter than you think. I believe somebody has to say that, you know, at some level. Um, Maybe someone else can say it to my girls later, but your parents are smarter than you think. (laughs) And get it this way as well. Understand this. Your home is not a democracy. You don't always get to vote. Sometimes your parents just have to make a call for what's best for you and for for your household. And I get it. I know I was there, and I know you're there as well. You might be thinking my parents are ignorant. They have no clue. They don't know how to use Snapchat or InstaStory. Um, <laughs> but if they could figure it out, then I might trust them some more, right? I, I have a job. I have my own life. I have my own car. I can go do what I want. Um, but sometimes it's not that easy. Um, I heard about a teenager. He was so upset at the domination of his mom. Um, she was so... Um, nagging all the time, every day. So this teenager went to his youth pastor and said, I need some help. I need some advice. I'm 15 years old, and my biggest problem is my mother. All she does is nag, nag, nag from morning till night. She says, turn off the TV, do your homework, get off the phone, um, sit up straight, go clean your room. How can I get her off my case? So the youth pastor looked back at the student and said, "Um, turn off your phone, Um, turn off the TV, do your homework, sit up straight, go clean your room. 
There's something about this concept of submitting to what our parents ask us to do. So here's a list for you. How do you honor your parents in your teenage years? Um, number one, first time obedience. This is hard, I know. This is tough, but I want, I want to challenge you in this. And here's where I'm going with it. If your parents ask you to do something, say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, but why? Because if you approach it the opposite way and you say, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, why would I ever do that? <laughs> Their attitude back towards you isn't going to be good, and now there's tension building. But if they ask you to do something and you want to know why you have to do that, even if you don't think it's the best thing and you want that understanding, do it and then ask why. And I believe they'll be open to teach you and tell you because they want you to understand just as much as you want to understand. But you have to find the freedom in how to challenge during these years. How do you submit to your parents how you submit to your parents is just as important as submitting and honoring to them. I got to tell you, it hasn't changed. This is nothing new. You're not the first generation to go through this. Every generation during this time period, this is, these are the years that you try to understand how to do this. I want to read a quote to you, and I want you to think about, while well, I'm reading the quote, it's going to be on the screen, um, what time period this was set in. Um, think about hmm, who might have said this. Here's a quote. Youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, um, no respect for older people. Young people do not stand any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents. They talk too much. They guzzle their food. They lay their legs on the table and they oppress their elders. Socrates said that when he was addressing the youth in Athens in 500 BC. Wording may be different, right? We may not use those words today, but yet it's nothing new. We've all been there. Um, we've all rebelled at times during this season in life. It's part of life. It's a cycle that happens. And we as parents, I want you to learn how to do that. I want you to rebel a little bit. I think there's something about learning that. But know your limits and know your parents and how to honor them and submit during this time period. Um, so do what they ask and then see what happens. You might learn from it. Proverbs 23, verse 22, it says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. So here's how to do it. Number two, um, back to the list, address them with respect. Address them with respect. So my challenge to you students, if you're a junior high or high school student, um, my challenge to you is this. Talk to your parents in full sentences. Don't mumble. Speak up. Use words loud, you know, big enough, loud enough that they will understand and can follow. Talk to them. Tell your mom and dad how you're doing. Tell them what you're thinking, even what you're feeling. Um, I, I believe it. If you speak to them about what you're thinking, about what you're, you're feeling, I believe they will do it in return. And they will tell you what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And you will have good communication together to work on. Here's the third one. Um, tell the truth. Oftentimes we may not know the truth, but we oftentimes can tell when you're not telling the truth. So it's much easier to do it, to tell the truth. Just get it out. No matter what the situation is, um, 
we can always work from that, but we have to get to that point first. Number four, keep confidence. I think this is important. There are some things that happen in your home that need to stay in your home. That's just the way life is sometimes. Keep confidence with them. This builds trust with them. And if you can build trust with them, then they will learn to trust you as well with whatever it is you might be wanting. Number five, talk positively about them. This can be easy to jump on that bandwagon when your friends are around and and start to down-talk your parents and how bad they are and stupid things that they do. But yet if you talk positively about them and not talk negatively about them, you'll learn to respect them um, with that. Don't be a discouragement to them, but talk positively. Uh, Number six, do not take advantage of their inexperience. One of the things that I love most is when my kids teach me how to use my phone better. (laughs) When they show me how to do something that I don't understand that might be frustrating to me, I appreciate that, and I need that in my life. So don't take advantage of their inexperience. Show them, and, and don't do it discouragingly or make fun of them with it. Just give them some, a new experience. Show them something that you know that they don't, and they will appreciate it from you. And number seven, forgive their failures. Um, they're human. Their parents, your parents are going to make mistakes. As they raise you, they're going to make bad choices, and they're going to have to live with that as well um, and live through it. So forgive them if they make mistakes, but listen to them and work through it with them. I think one of the best things that can happen through this is when we fail as parents that you can come along, that you at this stage, I believe, can become a friend. We still have to keep the um, parent-child relationship, but yet you can become friends of ours during this time period. I also want to show you this video. Maybe you saw it this week. Um, It became popular this week. It's a video of tennis star Nicholas Mayhot. He um, lost a tennis match at Roland Garros, and while he was sitting uh, courtside right after he lost, about to break down, this is what happened. Watch. I do believe that, yeah, we want to be your friend as much as your parent. Um, And there are times where you can help us out in that. All right, let's move on. Season three, young adult years. These would be your college years. So after high school, um, you're in college, 20-something in that range, maybe into your 30s. This time period where you're starting a new life for yourself. Maybe you're starting a family in this. When you leave the home, you no longer have to be obligated to obey or submit to your parents. Your relationship changes, and you don't have to obey them anymore. You don't have to submit to their authority anymore. However, I still believe you have the responsibility to respect them. 
to honor them as what God teaches us happens all through life. And we can respect them by considering their advice all the way through life. So here's what you do during this stage. If you're in your um, college years through, you know, starting a family, maybe into your 30s, you can make your mom or dad's day before you do something big in life, before you buy your next house or your next car or an investment, call them and ask for their advice. You don't have to follow it, um, but you just ask for it. Maybe you can learn something from them, a mistake that they made that maybe doesn't apply to your situation, but at least gives them that honor and respect that you want to learn from them still. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake your mother's teaching. And Proverbs 17, 6, it says, Grandchildren are the crown of the aged, and the glory of children in their fathers. They still want that honor and respect, and it comes through in their children and grandchildren. So we can honor them that way, communicate with them um, about those things. Now, I don't have a list in this one because I think it connects well with the final stage in our life. So I'm going to save that one for the final stage, um, stage four. But before I get to stage four, I want to jump back and address those of you that still might be struggling through this before we get to that. Um, There are two things. If you're struggling with this still, two things I want you to know. Number one, if you had bad parents, don't push blame on them. If you're still making bad choices in life in this stage, um, it's not your parents' fault anymore, and you can't push blame back on them. My challenge for you is to forgive. You, you need to learn forgiveness then at some level, to release any hostility, to let go of any bitterness that's in your heart. And whether your parents are still alive or not, whether you have an opportunity to work through with them and confront them or not, maybe it's because it would be useless, you can't do it, or they're past, and you can't do that anymore. Do what it takes to let go of that in your own soul, in your own heart. If you carry it around, you're only hurting yourself and possibly those around you. Now, understand that forgiveness doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean that you give up the right to be angry. You still might be angry at that situation, and that's okay. Just don't sin in your anger. Just don't hurt anybody else in your anger. Forgiveness, though, does mean you give up the right to get back at them. You give up the right to get even with them. And forgiveness can break a chain of failure. You can change your family tree. You can start fresh now and not carry those symptoms onto your children and grandchildren And I believe when we bottle these things up and we don't let it go, it's going to come out somewhere. And it may come out to people that we don't want to hurt. So we have to learn to deal with it in our own souls. So maybe this one as well. If you're struggling through this, maybe your parents are gone. Um, You can still honor them by carrying on what they taught you. How do you honor them, right, when there's no chance of making up with this? What did they teach you? What can you learn from them and what can you carry on in life? That's how you honor them as you move forward. So let's go to this, season four, your adult years, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. If your parents are still alive, you can treasure them. That's the word that I think goes with this stage, treasure. To treasure them is this, number one, give them special gifts. 
that would be a treasure for them. And it may not be something that's expensive. It may be something rather inexpensive, but it's special for them, something small, um, whenever that's appropriate. Give them special gifts, whatever that means to your family. Find a way to honor them and to treasure them in that. Number two, give them special invitations. They love to be invited to things that um, whether it be you know for children, your, their own children, you or to grandchildren, invite them to things that they can be a part of. They want that. They just want that invitation to be invited into your family and to be a part of your family with you. And number three, give them special care. Care for them. There's ways that you can do this. Recognition. Um, to, do you recognize them at times when you can? And to say, those are my parents over there. They did a good job of recognition. A phone call. Sometimes I need reminded of that. Did you call your parents lately? You need, you need to be the one calling them, right? Give them a phone call. Don't just text them. Um, call them and talk to them. Letters, if you can. And again, not a text or an email. Write it out. Put it, a stamp on it. Mail it to them. Um, a good way to give them special care is maybe you're at the stage to bring them into your home. Um, I'm not there yet, but I know some of you have already moved to this stage in your life when you've had to make tough decisions with your parents, for your parents, um, where they're going to live, what they're going to do with their stuff as they age. You can treasure them by helping them make decisions that they might not be able to make by themselves any longer. Some of you have done this. You've moved parents into your own home. What an honor, an honor for them that you would be willing to take care of them this way. For others of you, that wasn't the best decision. (laughs) That may not be the best decision. And so it is to help them get to a place where they can get help in their life. Now I get it. This is a tough time. This would be a tough season in life. And some of you might think, well, I can't really do that. I don't want to do that. And some of you might think they don't deserve it. Maybe they don't. But neither did we. Neither did we deserve it when God did this for us. Look at this list. It's the exact same thing that God did for us. He gave us a special gift. It was his son, Jesus. He said, here's a gift that I'm giving to you. Then he gave us a special invitation. Believe in him and the sacrifice that he made for you, and I'll give you something great. In fact, I'll give you special care. The invitation was to spend eternity with him in his house. He invited us to spend forever in the house that he is building for us in heaven. That's a special gift. That's a special invitation and that special care. I'm not sure we deserved it, but God did that for us. So if you have never accepted that, I would love to share that with you. I'd love to tell you about how you can receive that gift. There's people here this morning that would love to pray with you and encourage you and walk you through that as well. Um, If you have, then keep reminding yourself that our relationship with God, that vertical relationship through our parents is how we relate to all of us. And what God did for us is so special. So let's take this time, let's stand together and let's sing as we get our hearts prepared for a time to remember what Jesus did for us in that special gift. If you would stand.